I've switched my mindset from I didn't have time to I didn't make time because I control my life. Life is always happening for me, not to me. Put more things on your plate now so you can get better at time management when you have more things going on in life. What I believe is just doing things that challenge you right now because your growth zone is right outside your comfort zone. It won't be easy. Good. I don't like easy. If it's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging. We want to go for that because that's how we grow. What I really know to be true is a life spent here is a life well spent. And I'm excited to continue my vector journey for as long as I can. The voice you just heard is Nick Leindecker, one of the most consistent top performers in the district manager ranks in Cutco Vector Marketing over the past few years. Nick is truly an incredible role model of all-around success. His Anoka County, Minnesota team was number one in the Elite League as of this recording. His district team exceeded $1 million in sales in 2020 and 2021. He has a vibrant and inspiring personal life and has done very well for himself financially as well. What follows today is truly a clinic in how to achieve all-around success, both inside and outside of the Vector business. Nick is now serving as Assistant Division Manager in the North Star Division, and the best is yet to come in his ever-improving life and career. With over $7 million in Cutco sales, this is Nick Leindecker. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. I am with Nick Leindecker today, and we are going to have an awesome conversation. Nick has been with Cutco Vector since 2009, uh, started in uh, Minnesota. He was a student at University of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers and branched twice during college, graduated in 2013 with a degree in child psychology, as well as a minor in business management. Nick became a district manager at that time and has been a consistent top performer in the North Star Division in the Central Region. Since then, he's produced over $7 million in Cutco sales. He also was appointed to be the assistant division manager, working closely with Dane Espigard since 2020. And the North Star Division has been a prolific division team in the company, due in large part to the leadership of Nick Leindecker in working closely, as I said, with Dane Espigard. So Nick, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. And I've been a fan of the podcast for a long time. So grateful to have my time today. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm grateful that your turn has come up here as well. Been looking forward to this. And I know you're going to have a lot of great insights for the audience. Take us back to 2009 and your start with Cutco. Yeah, so I started in 2009. And as a lot of you know, there was the recession going on. And it was really hard for my friends and I to find jobs. And I just remember a couple of days right after graduation, I got that letter in the mail. I remember even where I was standing using my landline to call in. And I just remember talking to an amazing person on the phone. And she said, Hey, I can get you in today. And I got in for a same day interview and my dad got home from work and I said, Hey, you're driving me to an interview. <laughs> and, uh, he actually drove me to the interview. I borrowed my dad's shirt and tie for the interview. And the rest is really history after that. I don't remember too much from the actual interview. It was a long time ago, but I do remember seeing the products and thinking, 
wow, if I'm excited about these because I am the Pop-Tarts and mac and cheese guy <laughs> as a college student, well, I bet moms and dads would be pretty excited to see this stuff. So I got a lot of confidence in that. And I got accepted for the position on a Wednesday. And then I started on a Thursday the next day. And then the rest is history. Wow. So same day interview, yep. next day training, just jumped right in. That's awesome. Yes. Tell us about some of the experiences that stand out from your early days. One that really comes to mind is just meeting my district manager, Chris Bozer. And I just remember seeing him for the first time in training. And I got a chance to listen to him for a couple of days, of course. But Chris just had this infectious energy. I, I really just wanted to be like him. I, I wanted you know, his lifestyle after getting to know him a lot more. He was confident. But if anyone knows Chris, he was also himself. And that's something I really aspired to be like. And we had the most fun in the office when he was around. And everybody just wanted to be around him. Um, he was also vulnerable too. So he let you into his life. He was really just what I needed at the age of 18 years old to mold me into a more confident person. And fun fact, he also became the groomsman at, at my wedding as well. And yeah, otherwise, I was really nervous about the job in the beginning when I first got started. It was definitely out of my comfort zone. But I knew that Cut was a good product, like I said. And I just got excited about it with the customers and the sales just started happening. And I do owe a lot to Chris from the beginning because he really just taught me how to have positive intelligence. And if something happened that was maybe a negative thing, he taught me to bounce back, to find the gift in failure, to regulate my emotions. And you know, I now ask myself a lot, where's the gift in this? So if something doesn't go my way, where's the gift in this? And it's a slip, not a fall. So if something knocks me down, it's I remember just being as a rep back in the day, just being able to push forward through challenges and, and not be upset about failure. But I think Vector was a great job for me in the beginning because it really fueled my competitive side. I was always used to working hard. I was the captain of my soccer team in high school. So being an athlete, I just believe Vector showed me how to compete, but more importantly, just how to compete with myself. And I like how the Vector you know, model just embodies what you put into something is what you get out of it. But yeah, just you know, remembering team meetings, developing relationships, uh, everyone was accepted. I just, I love the culture. I met people who had different majors, hobbies, interests. We all shared one thing in common though. Just, we wanted to grow and we wanted to sell a lot of Cutco and have fun doing it. And then I became the sales manager for a summer. That summer, so the, that was, so I became the sales manager after my freshman year of college. And that summer really showed me what working hard was. But the thing was though, I, I wanted to work, Dan. I, I wanted to work hard for something. And I just remember working a lot of hours, but being excited to come to work every single day and really just partner with Chris. And I learned about a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself as a leader that summer, a lot of what not to do <laughs> also as a 19-year-old young leader in an office. And that summer, I think was really a lot about just making lifelong friends. Bert Wicks, I was his assistant manager back in the day when he was just a brand new person right out of high school. And I'll tell you this, I like a lot of people in Vector. I love Robert Wicks. He was definitely my oldest friend in the business. He's a brother to me. And there's a lot of relationships that came out of that summer. Otherwise, other experiences would be just going to conferences. I remember seeing Dave Durand, my original region manager. I really respected Dave. He was also my division manager for a year or two. And he exposed me to that first conference, the and both mentality compared to either or. Mm -hmm. And I try to instill that in my people thinking there's no problem I can't solve. I tell that to myself constantly. I tell that to my staff constantly. And I remember him speaking when I was 18 years old about one plus living, doing things like taking the stairs. You know, if given a choice, my wife and I never take the elevator or escalator. It's just a habit now. It's automatic. Ordering a water instead of a pop. These small changes just impact me at a young age and just got me in interested and exposed to personal growth. And the last thing I'll say, Dan, is yeah, the SC1 carpool, going to SC1, I met my future wife. That's right. <laughs> yep. Becca started one week after me. So she was uh, a, a rep that was in her fast start, fast start contest, the first 10 days. And I just finished mine and we went to SC1 together. Didn't think anything of it at the time. But after just seeing her at the office in the summer and then we, of course, never, nothing, you know, happened after that. But 
over the winter break, we started talking and that's how we started dating and all that. Oh, okay. I did not yeah. know that uh, vector connecting was a part of your, your history here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I love the lessons about wanting to work hard, Nick. I feel like, you know, when you're working hard for something that you're truly excited about and you love doing that, it's a passion. It's not a pressure to work hard, but it's something that, you know, you, as you said, you want to do. And the exposure to the level of thinking that you got from Chris Bozer about viewing things positively and looking for the gift, right? It's like, it's remarkable that more people don't have that perspective, but the reality is that most of society doesn't think like that, doesn't view things like that. There's a a popular picture that gets passed along on the internet of two people looking at a number that's painted in the sidewalk and one of them sees six and the other one sees nine because they're on opposite sides. And to be able to see that other perspective, you have to move a little bit. You have to kind of move yourself around and then you see something totally different. And what I think happens when we get exposed to the leaders in Vector is we it moves us in that way where we see a completely different side of all of the things that happen to us. And it changes everything, literally changes everything. And it's great that you you know, experience that right away with your initial manager uh, that you had in your early days. And so then, uh, Nick, you branched a couple times during college, right? Yes, twice. Yep. Tell us, tell us about those experiences. I love branching. Branching, I think, is the signature experience in Vector for college students. And I would say it may be the most impactful thing that I've done in my life that has shaped me into who I am. I don't know where I would be without those two summers and that experience. And oh, also I ran a satellite too, by the way, which is just a small office during the winter break. I ran that for about a month, which was a cool experience too. I just remember when I was moving down to my branch office, I went to Mankato, Minnesota. And I remember being 20 years old. My parents packed up the car. We drove down there. And I don't remember if I didn't tell them this or not, but I didn't have a place to live (laughs) when I moved down there. So I moved down with all my office furniture and everything, but no place to live. So I remember responding to Craigslist ads, finding a place that specific day. And I got my rent for $300 for the entire summer, which is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) So I do remember getting super excited, putting all the office furniture in, putting the posters up, having my parents help me move some stuff in. And I was super excited. And then I remember they left. They drove back home. And I just remember looking around my office and being alone and wondering if I'd made the right choice to do this. I just remember being like, really choked up. And okay, let's be honest, I probably cried. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll admit it. And here's what I did though. I called my manager. I called my manager, Chris, and he said something to the effect of, I believe in you. You can do this. It's time to be a man. It's time to grow up. It's time to impact a lot of people. You can make this happen. And he really lit a fire under me. And we ended up having an awesome summer. I really think that one of the lessons from that summer was you only grow through challenge. And it was challenging. Branching was challenging, but it was really rewarding. I remember leaving that summer after having just an amazing team, bringing people to conferences, getting a chance to meet new people, uh, have assistant managers that were developed during that time. And I packed up my car at the end of the summer. I remember driving home. I don't know why I did this, but I felt compelled just to record myself. And I recorded a video of me just rambling on about the summer and how I loved it. What did I learn? What did I do wrong? What could I improve on? I I remember just coming back to the idea of I branched once to branch twice. And I think that specific decision where I wanted to do it again, because there's so much I left on the table. And I knew if I did it again, that I would impact more people. So that's where I think I made a decision right then and there that I was going to do this again. And after a decision happens, which is the most powerful thing in the world, things come into place. Your brain always moves to completion and we find solutions for stuff. I remember that's where I just went on the grind. I remember my junior and senior year of college, 
I hung out with a friend of mine a lot of nights, although he didn't know who I was. He didn't know we were hanging out. And that would be Drew Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Because the number one manager in the company, you know, I studied his training. I listened to his audio files on repeat. I remember I had an on-campus job and I would be doing data entry and I would just plug in the headphones, have my Cutco notebook off to the side. And I would just be scripting out and writing things down from certain audios from Vector Connect. And I, I scripted and wrote everything out. I memorized his one-page documents. I practiced and role-played the trainings and the interviews. I remember one time I went up, well, multiple times I did this, but one time specifically, I was in an empty room at the University of Minnesota. This was probably at 8 a.m. So I'd already been practicing the training for a while. And I remember a person was showing up to class that morning and they walked in and I was just standing up at the front with my few chairs laid out, you know, pretending they were trainees. And I just remember this kid being like, all right, nobody go in there. This kid's practicing, right? He's he's, he's doing a speech, right? I just remember that dedication that I had to get good at something. So I think the main lesson from that is work hard at something to become a master and practice makes permanent. And I don't know exactly how much I agree with the phrase knowledge is power. I do believe though, applied knowledge is power. And I wanted to take as much as I could from learning in the off season to impact lives during the summertime. And what I also say about branching is it's really time management to the max. You know, I went from mentoring 83 people my my second summer branching to only having to mentor myself, you know, and manage my own schedule because I threw on a backpack and went back to school my senior year of college. And I remember profiting $20,000 that summer. So financially as a 21-year-old, that felt really good and knowing what we had accomplished. But with time management, I got the best grades I ever got uh, my, my senior year. And then I'll tell you, I mean, my senior year of college, I pretty much majored in watching every season of How I Met Your Mother because <laughs> I just was done with all my homework. I was done with all the papers. I'd worked out. I'd gone to class. And the rest of the time, I could just relax while other people were working hard up until you know midnight to get that paper done. I was a lot better of a time manager. So I owe that to my branch experience for sure. Awesome. We have a lot of parallels, Nick. I, after branching the first time, I felt the same way as you that my thought was, if I do this again, I can really, really do this well. And I immediately made the decision to branch a second time. And then I uh, went back to college after the second one, just as you did, and got my best grades just because of exactly what you said. It was just so easy to manage time after you stretch yourself you know, so much, taking on such a big responsibility. What made you decide to go DM after you graduated? I think I decided probably before my senior year when I was branching mm-hmm. that I wanted to do this as a career. So I think that made it more purposeful for me that specific summer because I knew that I was going to be doing this long-term. So I think that's also why I took it really seriously. There's a lot of reasons why I love being a district manager and also why I made the choice to do it. I think the first thing was just community and relationships. The people I've been able to grow up in the business with, the people I was assistant managers at the same time with, or branch managers, people like Jason Heinrichs, Josh Dix, Buddy Boyd, Nate Johnson, Chris Naku, Alex and Darren Burns, Bobby Sievertson. These are people that I grew up in the business with. And they helped me elevate my game, not just before being a district manager, but really ultimately building those relationships while I was a DM and currently right now. And they challenged me to be a better person too. And then I think flexibility was a big one, being able to have the autonomy to do what I love and also have the flexibility to do what I love outside of the business and be able to manage my time as well. Traveling was a big perk. I had never traveled outside the country before Vector. And my wife, Becca, and I have now been able to travel to over 20 plus countries, either paid for by Vector or with money I earned from Vector. And we love when we get to see our friends on vacation. What's funny is actually some of the friends who are managers, I've spent more time out of the country with them than inside of it. And I think that's a pretty cool relationship to have for sure. 
my first trip ever was to Budapest. So that was in 2013. That was the first trip I ever won with Cutco. And that was a really eye-opening experience in different cultures. And I had a blast. And I, that kind of gave me the travel bug for sure. And since then, I've just wanted to go on more trips. And then I think also just knowing that there were leaders out there who cared a lot about me. I don't know if there's another place where the leaders would care more about me personally and professionally than the people do here. And I think of Mike Muriel in that way. You know, Mike, who's my region manager, he exposed me to things like the growth mindset versus fixed mindset as a young manager. And he's helped me grow a lot. He challenges me to think bigger as well. And I knew that Mike would really care a lot about me. And he does. And I think that that has helped me as well. And I think too, just changing lives is something that I wanted to continue to do on a professional scale and hone those skills. Love it. That's a great summary of why the district manager opportunity is so amazing. One of the things you talked about is flexibility and you know that we have the opportunity to sort of choose how we work. Now, Dane has mentioned to me, Dane Espigard, that your work is done in a way that's disciplined, that's very consistent. You perform consistently throughout the year. Your time off is planned. It isn't sort of sporadic. That there's just a really effective way that you go about working the job throughout the year. So even though you have this ultimate flexibility, you choose to use it very wisely, according to Dane. What's your mindset around that, Nick? And you know, what does your schedule typically look like? First of all, I'll say Dane is one of the most impactful people and mentors in my life. And there's a lot in my life that I owe to Dane because I've been able to partner with him in the business. And I'm sure we'll get to that during the podcast here. Yeah, that's really nice of him to say. I guess I, I have never thought that that was a unique thing. I just work hard each week, you know, like one would do if they had a full-time job. And I think that there are some strategies that I've implemented that have helped me work a great schedule and also grow my business continuously too. Something I've gained from Dane is just to work slightly less every campaign compared to the last year while still growing the business and not sacrificing that. So not at the business's expense. And I've been very intentional about that too. What that means is delegation. What that means is putting systems into place. And as my business has grown, I've also been able to put more things from my personal life into my schedule, being able to spend more time outside of the business, being able to travel more, being able to do things I'm passionate about, like coaching soccer, being able to purchase a property with my wife and then purchase another property and then be able to add more things onto my plate. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at right now, but I think it's because I've added more to my plate. So we've all heard the phrase, people saying, I have so much on my plate. What I really believe is get a bigger plate, <laughs> put more things on your plate now so you can get better at time management when you have more things going on in life because clearly life gets more challenging, I'll say, but it doesn't have to be worse. It can get better if you continue to get better at time management. And what I believe is just doing things that challenge you right now because your growth zone is right outside your comfort zone. And other than that, though, one thing I think is unique that I've done is I've written a letter of commitment to Mike Muriel every three years as a district manager. So I heard him say something about commit to running a business for three years and you'll get some amazing results. So I did that when I was new, when I first opened my office. And every three years since then, I've written him another letter saying, Hey, Mike, you got me for another three years. I'm in this thing to win it. I'm going to keep going. And what Mike also instilled in me is the philosophy of it isn't about what you've done. It's about what you've done lately. So I believe being consistent isn't working hard for a push period. Consistency isn't working hard for a month or a campaign. Consistency is working hard for a decade and honing those skills. And I think that because I've been committed to the process, I've been able to forget the results sometimes and focus on my work ethic instead of the result. I was really bad at this job when I first started, like many of us are. But I hope that if you do anything for a decade, you get really good at it. And that's what I think I've been able to do. 
I've switched my mindset from I didn't have time to I didn't make time because I control my life. Life is always happening for me, not to me. So I don't put myself in a box to say, oh, I couldn't do it because of this. It's I didn't make the time or I can't make the time compared to I don't have that time. And I also believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. And Tony Robbins always says, if you can't, you must. So that's a phrase I repeat to myself all the time, where if there's something in my schedule, if there's something consistently that is popping up, I want to make sure that I can say, you know what, I'm going to go after that. I'm going to do it. If it's a struggle, I want it. And being a district manager and getting better over time meant that I was focusing more on not urgent, important things. So instead of always focusing on the urgent, important things like when I was a student, I have to get that paper done and it's now finally the day before, right? Well, instead focusing on getting things done ahead of time, as I've matured, I've been able to focus more on planning and focus more on putting things in my schedule that get a result later compared to focusing on things I need to do in that exact moment because I didn't plan for it earlier. Such great insights on uh, how to be consistent and just the idea that it's not about the short term, it's not about being the flash in the pan, but it's about long-term consistent excellence. And the goal of can I work slightly less a given campaign versus the previous year while producing slightly more results. And that is just a great way to view how a district manager can grow in the business. And you mentioned that delegation and systems are a big part of that. And uh, there was so much good stuff that you shared right there. So it's really great mindset around that, Nick. Now, I've also heard, by the way, that you're one of the most profitable of our district managers, just uh, you know, in relation to the amount of volume sold, your profit tends to be higher than others who are in you know, a similar achievement level to you. What are some of the strategies that you utilize to maximize your profitability? And also, Nick, what are, you, what are some of the things you're doing with your savings? Yeah, I, I really think that money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does eliminate a lot of the stresses in life. So I've been blessed and I'm very grateful for my vector opportunity that has helped me be financially free from that very first paycheck, that first one that I got when I was 18 years old. I haven't asked my parents for money since then. And I've been able to do things in my life because of that. So I would say that I've always been a saver. So the first thing is saving. And my dad, he's a saver. And that's something I really respect about my family too, that we were always saving money when I was growing up. And Saving sometimes, especially in this day and age, is not easy. One thing I've embodied in a phrase that I have in my journal that I look at daily is, it won't be easy. Good. I don't like easy, right? Nick Leindecker doesn't like easy. And if it's going to be hard, if it's going to be challenging, we want to go for that because that's how we grow. So saving money has been a discipline, I believe. And then also just not spending. I think there is a difference. There was a difference between saving money, but then also not spending in certain situations too. As a kid, I just remember I started keeping track of what I didn't spend money on. So when I saved up money and decided not to buy that toy, I would think, oh, cool, I saved a little bit of money right there. Well, that actually transitioned when I was in college, where I would have some friends of mine purchase maybe that next video game or that next electronic that they wanted to purchase. And I said, I'm going to save some money. And because of that, oh, I saved a hundred bucks right there. Or I didn't go to Chipotle three times this week. Nice. That's awesome. I saved eight bucks each time. You know, so just being able to keep track of what I did not spend. And then some personal habits that matter, I think, is just paying off your credit card all the time. And I've never been in credit card debt, nor will I. And I've always paid my credit card on time. It's just a disciplined thing that I chose to do. If I don't have the money, I won't spend the money which is where credit cards get you, right? And I'll frequently go into my bank account and actually pay off credit cards before it's even time to do that because I just want to pay it off and be done with it. And then also tracking finances weekly have helped me out a lot. I really believe, and I say this to my division all the time, in order to grow it, you need to know it. So in order to grow your numbers, you have to know your numbers. So I've got a spreadsheet that I track everything in all the time with 
all the accounts that I have. And it's nice to see financial thermostat, I'll say, grow as time goes on. And other small things are I save my receipts. It's just little habits that lead to fiscal responsibility. I've created this habit from when I was... I think I was a branch manager when I started doing this, but I just have an envelope in my car that every time I purchase something, that receipt goes directly into the envelope. So instead of having this sea of receipts right, that people step into in their car, it's automatically into that envelope. And also, I do the same thing with gas. But it's also about being a business owner. Even as a rep, you can do that as well. And then just paying taxes on time matter a lot. Figuring out what you want to invest in, whether it's an HSA, a Roth, high-yield savings account, real estate. Those are some of the things I've chosen to do with my income. And I would say also to reading about finances matters. You know, if we're going to spend the most income throughout our whole life on taxes, right? It kind of makes sense to learn about taxes. Uh, It also makes sense to learn about finances. So thank you, Danny Lewis, for recommending my favorite book that I've ever read, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I read that years and years ago, and it's my most read book that I have in my collection. And that's really made an impact on my life. So if you're listening to this, I would spend the $4 on Amazon and just get that book as soon as possible because it... uh, really shaped how I feel about money. And then just having investment goals and income goals, I think matter a lot. And to answer your other question, Dan, about what I do with my income, I've been blessed to be able to purchase new real estate properties with my wife, Becca, and use the money I've earned from Cutco to now run multiple Airbnb properties with more on the way. So that's what we're really excited about, building our real estate portfolio and managing and uh, renting out these Airbnb properties. Outstanding. You started this out by talking about the idea of being conscious to not spend. And every time somebody says that, I always like to make sure I address the audience and say like, you still live a nice lifestyle. You still do a lot of nice things, right? Like I, I feel the same way. Like I'm conscious of, of when I spend something, like thinking through, about, thinking through it and just thinking, have I earned this? right? Is this something I really want to do? And, you know, I mean, I, I throughout my life have had a lot of nice things. I've many expensive things, but I've, I've done that in conjunction with hitting my savings goals and making sure that I'm always moving forward financially according to my plan. And if you're hitting your savings goals, I've always thought, well, who cares how you spend the rest? If there's something you really want, you can get it and not feel bad about it. So I just want to make clear that like, while you're being quote frugal, you're also living a very nice lifestyle and, and enjoying life and doing a lot of nice things. You're just conscious about where you're spending and and taking opportunities to not spend when you know it's not truly adding value in your life, right? I would agree. Yeah. And Adam Stock, he taught me a long time ago and I learned at some meeting that he was speaking at was to always pay yourself first. And you will have money left over, but once you pay yourself by putting money into your investments and all that, whatever your goals were with those, now it's time to have some fun and be able to be rewarded for your hard work. So it's not always no play, only work. A lot of the times it's work hard in order to have a lot of fun and enjoy your life and be able to pay for those dreams on your list that you want to cross off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you talked about dreams on your list. I know that uh, you are you work closely with the dream manager himself, Mr. Dane Espigard. Tell us a little bit about what you do to help the North Star division and how you and Dane collaborate in leading the organization. Yeah, I love my role. I always say that I have the best role in vector marketing because I get to learn firsthand and partner with the number one manager in the company right now. So I'm very blessed to be in the division with Dane and partner with him for sure. It's kind of funny how I even got promoted to being an ADVM. It hadn't really been a thing, nor had I heard of it before I found the opportunity because there hadn't been one in the central region for, I think, over 15 years. So I remember I said, you know what, Dane, I want to shoot for something. I want to figure this out and get promoted somehow. And being under the number one manager in the company, sometimes the path isn't always you know, super quick. So 
I ended up doing a bunch of research and I called every single assistant division manager across the entire nation, got on my comfort zone and met some new people, asked them a bunch of questions. What did they do? Uh, what are the responsibilities? How do they help the division manager? I put together this report, Dan. I basically made a report for what is an ADVM, and I presented this to Mike and Dane. And fortunately, they took it seriously, and I was able to get that promotion because I hit the requirements and everything. So go after what you want, because uh, that's what I did, and it worked out pretty well. The things nice. that I really love mostly about my position now is being able to coach the new managers. So I have a coaching call with all of our branch and district managers for the most part in the summertime each week. We talk a lot about our personal recruiting program, how to help more people get the position and being able to assist with trainings, with leadership academies, coaching, planning. Those are things that I really enjoy doing. And even just earlier today, Dan and I were working through some of the programs we have coming up for the summertime, the flow of the calendar, what makes most sense. And I've been able to learn how to work with Dane really well. Dane's a genius at work. It's really cool to listen to him and watch him work. And being able to kind of know how to work with him more has helped our relationship. A lot of the times, he just needs somebody to bounce ideas off of. And I, if I can play the devil's advocate and bounce some ideas back to him, it really just strengthens his belief in what our program is going to be moving forward. So I found that's really what I've been able to do with him for sure. And I think also just being able to provide consistency with my own personal performance has been able to help others see what's possible, I believe too. Excellent stuff right there. Dane, I know, really uh, embraces the idea of collaborative leadership. And when you have someone like you in the organization involving that person in the process of planning events, in a lot of the decision-making that goes on, in a lot of the high-level leadership tactics that uh, are a part of leading the organization, it just helps create that additional buy-in that I feel like is so valuable. And so for any division managers that are listening, just that way of leading with your ADVM, with your top district managers uh, is a key part of creating a strong division team. That's awesome. I think also too that what matters is that he really embodies a level five leader where he wants my opinion and he wants my feedback and he cares about my ideas. And I think that that has allowed me to feel valued, but also allow me to see that in others that I'm working with, because that's how I want to treat my assistant managers and my representatives on our team. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your life outside the business, Nick. I know that you and your wife, Becca, have two kids, Lola and Sergi, right? <laughs> yes, my two fluffy white cats. That counts, right? That counts as kids. Well, I hear one of them is like a show cat or something. You know, back in the day, he was a show cat. Yeah, we got him from a breeder and he's beautiful. He sits proper all the time. <laughs> and it's pretty hilarious. One of them is a killer cat that tries to kill the other one all the time. <laughs> really is a bully for sure. But they're both beautiful, fluffy white cats with piercing blue eyes. So yeah, if you know me, I mean, it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my cats, my beautiful kids for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, t tell us a little bit about how you and Becca embody the dreams concept that, uh, that Dane Espigard has shared. Yeah, Dane brought this concept to our division when I was a brand new district manager. And he did the first ever dreams exercise in 2014, where he helped us think of a lot of dreams that we want to cross off our list. And by the way, we call it in Cutco, we call it a dreams list, not a bucket list. Bucket list means you're about to kick the bucket, you're about to die. Now let's try to, let's try to do some fun stuff in life. That's not exactly living the life of your dreams. So for us, we want to accomplish things now in order to live a better life. So Dane had a retreat for spouses one year where we all got together. So district managers and spouses, that was one of the most impactful things I think he could have done because bringing Becca into it, who had already 
seen me do it and we've crossed off dreams together as well for her to make her own. I think that really stimulated more conversations and how we were going to cross more things off. So yearly, we figure out what we want to accomplish for that next year. We do a year in review and take a look at all the things we did the previous year, what we maybe didn't get to yet, what do we want to do next year. And a lot of that is first centered around travel. Where do we want to go this year? What other cool events can we do? And what can we cross off our list? So I would encourage anyone to write a list of things down that you want to do in your life and just start crossing them off. We talk a lot about when there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. So when you have something you're shooting for, it allows you to be having more purpose behind what you're doing in the moment. I start with 100 things on my list when I first began. Now I have over 800 things on my list. And there's plenty of things that I was able to cross off last year and many things I'm excited to do this year. But our region's noble cause in the central region is to live the life of our dreams and empower others to do the same. So if I can get behind the region's cause, right, I can get behind the company. And that's what I really believe Vector does is help people live the life of their dreams. Yeah. So I know that Dane teaches you start with travel goals because that's sort of an easy one. Check off some of the different places you want to visit. What are some of the other categories where you and Becca have some important dreams on your list? A lot of great things. What do you want to accomplish adventure-wise? What are some things you want to cross off the list that you've always wanted to do? What are some material things you want to purchase? Financially, what are some goals that you would like to hit income-wise? Also, career goals, vocation goals. What are some vector things I'd like to cross off my list? Health and physical, being able to get healthy or be able to do something with working out, right? Emotional and spiritual, building a legacy, family goals that you want to have. And are these all categories where you have multiple things on the list? Yeah, every single category you go through. And what I do each year is take a look and see which ones I did cross off, which ones I still have yet to accomplish. So every one, there's not one that's more important than the other, but every single one gets some attention yearly. Yeah. Very cool. And you've mentioned that coaching kids in soccer is an important thing to you. How are you using your vector skills in that area? Yeah, it's definitely a passion of mine. I love being able to coach. So when I was in high school, my coach, Glenn Began, he's very well-known in the soccer community. He's in the Soccer Hall of Fame. He was able to reach out to me and he said, we've got some positions available. This was about five years ago. And I told him, you know, I, I don't have much time because this was when we were in person. So I was still running training weekly. And I said that I can probably commit to three days a week, working really part-time. And that in itself was a really great opportunity and experience. Well, ever since we went virtual, I've been able to be able to dedicate some of my time in the fall to being able to work full time. So the last two years, I've been able to go to every single practice, every single game. So I coach the JV team and also I'm the assistant coach for the varsity team for high school. And it's been an awesome experience. I love being able just to use some of the vector skills I've learned here with our students, being able to talk about progress, not perfection getting a little bit better every single day. Act as if, act as if you're the captain, you're the coach, you are state champs already and be able to practice like you've already achieved that. I've been able to talk to them about how to visualize success the night before the game, visualize scoring that game-winning goal, how to breathe, how to get in the zone, how to focus. That's what top athletes do. So being able to start these personal growth things at a younger age. We talk about mastering the basics, focusing on the fundamentals. We talk about how they represent their school and not only their school, but how they're the future and current leaders of their community. And they have a responsibility as a young person. So act as such. And basically vectorizing (laughs) these kids without, uh, without them knowing it. But I know that it's something that I really appreciated as a young person to be able to grow as an athlete. So being able to combine the sport they love with learning some life philosophies, whether they remember them or not, you know, hopefully they take some of these things in life later on too. 
And I bet a lot of these kids are going to be coached by you within the vector context after they get out of high school too. Huh? <laughs> That's great. I mean, that those things that you just shared are some real excellent, excellent insights that uh, every young person needs to have. And it's cool that uh, they're getting that from you as a soccer coach. Yeah. Great stuff, Nick. This has been uh, really, really excellent. Is there anybody uh, the, uh, that you want to acknowledge that we haven't touched on here? I've had a lot of mentors in the business. And again, I'm very grateful to be able to have been surrounded by people that I have been. I'm really one of the luckiest people, I feel, uh, to be able to grow up in a business with great mentors. So our central DVMs and leaders, Danny Lewis, Greg Strine, Justin Donald, Phil Bolander, Kyle Smith, these people have really impacted my life, whether they're inside the business or outside now. They made a big impact on me as a younger person. I remember Kyle Smith telling me my favorite quote today. And he told me this when I was having a hard day one time when I was a brand new DM and I was struggling with something in the business. And he said, bravery is not the absence of fear. Bravery is courage in the presence of fear. So I constantly say daily, be brave. That's a phrase that I want to instill in our people. The region staff, Cindy, Jen, and they've been able to be my biggest fans growing up in the business. And I care a lot about them as well. Another 10 plus DVMs across the country have impacted my life. Uh, my rising stock financial coaches, Katie Nosal, when I was a brand new district manager, she taught me how to actually make a schedule that I wanted to do and stick to that. Patty James now being able to give me some amazing coaching advice, not just financial advice, but also business advice. Trent Booth, I've learned a lot from him throughout the years. I appreciate how Mike Muriel challenges me to think bigger every single day. And he also taught me how to be fascinated, not frustrated. It's a phrase I think about all the time. And lastly, Bruce Goodman, the president of the company, he really makes me want to work hard for someone. And I want to work hard for Bruce because I love and respect him. And he's the ultimate role model to be able to look up to. So I've been blessed with a lot of amazing people that I've been able to surround myself with throughout what the years. A great what a great list. We're all, we're all so blessed to have so many amazing people that are influencing us here, both from above as well as uh, from below, influencing us and our peers, of course. So excellent stuff, Nick. I appreciate it. So, hey, looking into the future, what are you most excited about? First and foremost, I'm excited to continue building an awesome life with my wife, Becca, You know, supporting her with her career in coaching and also in real estate. I'm excited to purchase more properties and develop a real estate portfolio. And of course, in order to do that, I have to continue helping others in the Cutco world and impacting as many lives as possible on our Cutco team and truly build something special. And I'm also, of course, excited to continue crossing more dreams off of my dreams list. And I'm just really grateful for what has gotten me here. I'm proud of who I am and I'm excited for who I'm becoming. And I can attribute a lot of that to our great company. And what I really know to be true is a life spent here is a life well spent. And I'm excited to continue my vector journey for as long as I can. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything you've shared today. And, and that last statement is very powerful. The life spent here is a life well spent. Part of that is, of course, that we're also lucky to have so many great leaders, as you've referenced it. It's also, you know, just something I want to note that the reason the company is so great is because of so many people like you. I mean, you have just offered a clinic on what it takes to be successful as a district manager, what it takes to be successful in life in general, personally, what it takes to be a positive influence on the world around you and have you know, a great impact and, and build a legacy. You're on, well on your way to doing all of those things. I know the best is yet to come for you in this company. And it's just been really cool to hear about your experiences and to hear your great insights today, Nick. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Dan. I really appreciate it. It's been an awesome time today and I'm excited for what's to come as well. Excellent. All right, Nick Leindecker, everyone. That 
was an absolute clinic on what it takes to be successful, not just as a district manager, but just general keys for success in life. Starting out with the mentality he learned from his original district manager, right? About looking for what's good, about finding the gift in every challenge, right? About working hard, running his branch, and the idea that growth comes only through challenge and that he embraced that concept as a branch manager. The importance of community and relationships and why that was a key reason why Nick became a district manager the consistency he has brought to his role over the years, the mindset of, can I learn to work a little bit less in a given campaign versus that same campaign the previous year while continuing to improve results? That is such a key distinction because so many other people drop the ball on that and they over-delegate or they fail to realize that improvement and growth is a part of being successful. And that has to come with that idea of building lifestyle. The concept that money eliminates stresses and being able to learn to save, invest, be judicious about where you spend, all of those things put you in such a much better position. You just get this sense that Nick Leindecker has this sort of ease about him or confidence about him. And I'm sure part of that comes from the fact that he is financially in a great place. He has really constructive conversations with his division manager, Dane Espigard, in helping to plan and lead the division. That's something for all the pillar district managers here to be thinking about. For anybody who is a key player in an organization or a leader of an organization, to think about what type of conversations are you having with your key people to help plan, guide, lead the organization. Of course, Nick is also bringing all of these things he learned to others, both in his office, in the North Star Division, and outside the business. For example, through coaching high school soccer and all of the great insights that he is bringing to those young people about how to be successful in life. And Nick is putting all of this into action through the achievement of things on his dreams list, Uh, along with his wife, Becca, and all the great things that he is able to do outside the business as well. As I said, just a clinic on how to be successful. I really got a lot out of this conversation. I hope you did as well. If so, share this with some people in your network. And thanks very much for your support of the podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.